From Hans Oval to Durian Bay Sports Ground, Boulder City to Cable Beach, Pilbara to Peel, covering footy in regional WA. This is the WA Country Footy Podcast. Ah, oh, g'day. Welcome to another week of the WA Country Footy Podcast. We are back. Hello, I'm Glennie Wilson with you, and I'm covering off all the details of what's been happening right across for us this week. Uh, some details out of the Onshore Cup Football Association. Bombers and the Abalones. Wow, Bombers getting up there over the Abalones uh, in the last couple of weeks. The semi-finals out of the Ongarup Football Association. Some of our first guests on the podcast. No Angarup defeated uh, Newdigate and it was Boxwood Hill who got up over Lake Grace Pingarup. No anger up, defeated Boxwood Hill in the reserves. Late Grace, too good for Jeremungup in the reserves and in the juniors. No anger up over Jeremungup and Newdigate over Late Grace Pingrup. That's some of the results that have been happening for us around our leagues. We're into prelim finals and we had one in the Hills Football Association, but we're going to find out more today from Cam Gray with the Hills Football Association on the fringes of the metro area, but they are part of the WA Country Footy League and we're grateful for them. And they've also got a metro team in there. That's right in the heart, right in the guts of the northern suburbs. We'll find out more about them today as Cam Gray has a chat to us. We'll head out to the Goldfields. Tough old country out in the Goldfields. Some tough footy players. Dean Kemp comes to mind, but but we'll be talking to Ishae Christie about how the women's team has been integrated, I should say, into the Goldfields Football League for the first time for season 2021, how that's all panning out, and some future direction as well. Plus, have they come up with a name for their fairest and best award? You'll find out as part of the podcast. Plus, Brandon Giles is with us. We're talking EDFL. And that is a great chance for us to catch up with uh, all of the news out of the Eastern Districts Footy League. There's plenty of grand final action that's going on around the place. Ports, well, they went down to Esperance. So it's Esperance and Gibson in the uh, Esperance District Football Association. We'll have all of those details for you next week and cover it off after the prelim finals. But Gibson managed to go through after the Colts had a win over Esperance last week. The prelim finals out of the Central Wheat Belt. Muck and Budden and Beacon. Four points. That's how you like a prelim final, isn't it? Nice and gutsy. Four points in there to Muck and Budden in a big year for them as they defeated Beacon. Uh, also, with some other results that have happened around the place, uh, always good to catch up with what's been around and, and what's been happening. Uh, we really appreciate the listenership wherever it is that you've tuned in. Uh, very quickly, out of the Avon Football Association, we had uh, Cunderdon and Beverly. That was uh, about eight points. Difference between Cunderdon's 8-8 to Beverly's 6-10 and Querreding had a 12-8-80 win over York 11-6-72 last week. Let's get into our podcast for week seven. It's the WA Country Footy podcast for you. Well, we head high for the hills and far away. Well, not that far away, actually, from the metro area to get us underway for episode seven for the WA Country Footy League podcast. It's a great opportunity to hear more about the Hills Football Association, which uh, takes in Mundaring, Chidlow, Pickering Brook, uh, Gidjiganup, Mount Helena, Warwick Greenwood, and where our guest comes from today, and that is Cam Gray. He's the coach of the Bullsbrook Saints. He joins us today. Cam, thanks very much for jumping on with our podcast, buddy. No dramas, mate. Happy to be here. Now, uh, very much so a, uh, a Hills Association, but the addition of Warwick Greenwood in there, just, uh, I suppose, that helps bring some Metro ties. But have you had any other interest, do you know, off the top of your head about any other teams from the, the Metro wanting to jump up to the Hills and make that trek up Greenmount to take on some opponents? 
it's, uh, it was an interesting one having Warwick Greenwood join into the into the competition. Um, definitely not a hills hills sort of uh, team, but uh, we, we've had a few in the past. I mean, Swan Views obviously on the on the borderline of what you call the hills. We've had Forest Field in the competition in the past as well. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a you know a feeder competition, and you know, we've welcomed in some of those clubs that have probably just dropped in and out of the amateurs or or similar um, competitions in recent years. So. Uh, always to have, always happy to have more teams in the comp than, than less. I'd so. say that there's more probably hills around, uh, you know, Hammersley than Warwick Greenwood. But anyway, I, I get why they want to, I get why they want to be part of it, mate, because it is a great association. You coached the Bullsbrook Saints. You went into the first semi-final this year. Unfortunately, you're out out of that one in straight sets. But uh, just tell us how your season went, mate. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of an up and down season. So early on, we, we didn't really know how we were going to go. Obviously, 2020 was a COVID year, and we had a bit of a, a mixture between the Jinjin club. We had about 10 of their representatives come down and play for us in 2020. So this year was a bit of a, what are we going to get? How are we going to look? Um, could we could we back up and do finals two years in a row? Um, we had some good young kids that come down in pre-season. It started to look quite exciting towards the end of pre-season. Um, very young group. Um, average age you're probably looking at is around about 20 for our sport. But, um, yeah, we, we got off to a good start. A couple of wins on, on the in a row. Uh, middle of the season, sort of struggled with a few injuries. But towards the end, back on, back on track. Made the finals and um, finished with a pretty good record. 9 and 6 for the season, which is best uh, home and away record for the Bullsville Saints since, I think, 2006. So, um, pretty successful. Obviously, disappointing going out in the first league of finals. But if you look at the age group that we've got, uh, I think it's only onwards to bigger and better things in years to come. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And that's good to hear. Some good positivity out of that, mate. But uh, I suppose it wasn't that way for Mundaring. They only dropped one game during the season, but unfortunately went out in straight sets. It's Pickering Brook who's into the finals when it comes to the grand final this week. They're taking on Chidlow, who went through from the second semi. Yeah, yeah. So Mundaring looking the goods all home and away season. Um, uh, they only dropped one, as you said, against and then you come into the finals out straight sets. Not really the way you want your final series to go. So, um, but again, a good a good squad they've got. They'll be there about next year. No, no question about that. And Sicker and Brooks, who seem to always come up for finals, always thereabouts. And, and uh, I think they've been the bridesmaids a few times in a row now. So they'll be looking to go one better this year. Yeah, well, it's going to be an interesting final come up this weekend for us. The game time's 2.30 at Gidjiganup, so Chidlow and Pickering Brook doing battle there. Mate, just tell us a bit about the Hills Footy Association because um, you are part of the WA Country Footy League, which is fantastic, and you're, you're on that fringe. You're, you're pretty close to the metro area. How do you go for player numbers, and is it pretty strong from the metro, or is it from a good local base from each of the teams? Uh, it's a bit of a mixture. So we're all uh, one-team clubs. Um, we've only got, you know, if you want to call it a league association, there's no reserves or Colts or anything like that. Um, so numbers-wise, at times, you know, you, you can be struggling for your, your 22 some weeks, but most of, most of the teams are, are getting them within their own region. Um, we have a few players that come from the Metro. And then and then for us, up in Bullsbrook Way, we've got some players coming from Dindoon, Indian, and those sort of outskirts of the, you know, a little bit too far to travel all the way down into the the metro area, but Bullsbrook's a, a nice location for them. So, 
Well, it is, mate. Bullsbrook is a nice location. If that's a plug to try and get some players for next season, mate, I don't know what is. Um, but, uh, there you go. <laughs> mate, take it how you can. Um, uh, but as the season's progressed, mate, uh, you've been pretty lucky, though, for your team. I think James Thompson might have been maybe your top goal scorer alongside Michael Bailey. So um, th- both those guys found a fair bit of the, of the leather down the pointy end of the ground. Yeah, yeah James Thompson's a ripper young kid coming through. Um, he got the association best under 21, and he uh, he would be standing about five foot ten, I reckon, at most. And he plays ruck for us every week. Um, he's going to be a sensational talent if we can find just all the blokes running around, and he'll be coming out of that ruck role and probably moving forward, forward mid role. Uh, and then Michael Bailey, he's a, he was a scrawny little kid when when I first started coaching there, and um, he's come on leaps and bounds and plays that. He's almost like a Toby Green role. He just plays a lot taller than he is takes the mark that you don't expect him to take and he's pretty straight this year so I'm pretty happy with how those young boys are coming on and and, uh, yeah there's a bright future ahead of them Mate, it's great to see that the association, I know part of being uh, with the WA Country Footy League and being a member there that, you know, you take on all of the initiatives, but uh, there's a strong buy-in from the association, just being that that one club league, as you mentioned. But, I mean, you you go through back through the year and getting behind Talk to a Mate and Think Mental Health Rounds, it's a a great initiative from all those who are involved in the whole association to be be living and breathing that. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's something close to heart, especially at... um as a Bullsport Saints, we, we lost a, a club member for, for similar reasons a few years back. So it's good to see that the association really take a forward step on on these sorts of things and, and bring it to the attention of the players. And, you know, that they're aware that there is somebody to speak to. And you know, we have these awareness weeks to, to really jump on board and, and make it known in the community as well. So. Now... Grand finals this week, mate. Uh, you've coached against both teams, so I suppose a bit of a rundown here. Probably didn't expect maybe the uh, the Pickering Brooks to get in without any disrespect to Pickering Brook, but they well and truly disposed of Mundaring last week, 18 10, 118 to 7, 9, 51. Uh, Chidlow, though, a uh, bit, of, bit of strength in their particular lineup, and obviously having the week off as well. Let's analyse Pickering Brook first of all, mate. What are they like as a team? Uh, Pickering Brook. Quick on the outside, um, very set in their game plan, very well structured. Um, you're right, probably a bit of a surprise to make the, the DS. Um, and you never know what they can produce, as I say. They're pretty experienced in finals. So um, if they get it down to that forward line, that forward line doesn't usually miss too many opportunities. So if they get it down there enough, um, you never know what can happen. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mate, I'm just looking at the the results of last week's games and um, I've just gone through the whole process on Sporting Pulse and it says 882. I know that the, there's probably hasn't been an update on the cut on the, um, the, the the results on Sports TG from last week but um, <laughs> at halftime 250 50 I can tell you that that's not the right scores that have gone in there but that's okay um, Pickering Brook last week under Clark kicking four and Eliel with three leader with three in there Castafario with two, Baines with two, McCoy two, York and McIver to throw in there. Baines, obviously, a, a good player as well, as we saw. He's, he's kicked a couple, but a good bit of run from him. York and Switherbank, a couple of the others to watch, you would think, coming into the grand final after, after some hot form last week against Mundari. Oh, definitely. Uh, Jetta's probably the one to watch for them. Um, if they can shut down Jetta in any way, then uh, I think they'll be on the way to a win. So it'll be an interesting game. Okay. 
Now, for the opponents in Chidlow, mate, they are jumping at the bit to get up to a grand final this week. They disposed of Mundaring in that first semi-final just a couple of weeks ago. It was 86 to 65. Um, they've had the wood on Pickering Brook um, in the game before that. So both teams have met in recent times. That was 45 to 99 in favour there of uh, of Chidlow. But getting Chidlow up and about for this week, mate, what is the key for Chidlow to win? Uh, they're midfield. Their midfield is, is really, really experienced and um, just a lot of jets running through there. Uh, scorer, Melody, uh, you're chucking the McKinley through the midfield as well and it's a dangerous dangerous outfit. So that midfield start to fire and get it down to their forward line. Again, it's, it's kind of going to be a midfield battle, I think. You know, if you look at both sides across the board, probably the midfields are strong. Um, so, yeah, I think the midfield there, very experienced and um, very good ball users. They don't tend to waste the ball, so um, I'll be excited to see what score and Melody can do. Yep. They've had a big year, and so too, yeah, Jackson Ryan in there, 48 of the, the the good points going his way throughout the season too. Hey, uh, great to catch up with you today, mate, as part of the podcast. What's your tip going into the grand final this week between Chidlow and Pickering Book, Cam? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to lean towards Chidlow, and I reckon it's a close one, probably a two-goal margin. Right, mate. If it doesn't happen next week, we know where you are. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for joining us, mate. And great to hear some more about the Hills Football Association. And as we mentioned, the uh, the teams at the Hills Football Association take in. It's uh, it's right there on the doorstep of the metro area. Bullsbrook and the Saints, and that's where Cam's from. Chidlow, Gidjiganup, Mount Helena, Mundaring, Parkerville, and Pickering Brook. And throw into the mix as well, Warwick Greenwood in their first season too. But Cam, great to catch up with you today to be part of the podcast. And we look forward to continued chats in the new year, mate. All the best. No worries. Thank you very much, Lenny. Enjoy your day. This is the WA Country Footy Podcast. Well, we head around the WA Country Footy Podcast today to the Goldfields. Now, we've had a fair bit of news that's happened out of the Goldfields over the season, but we want to talk about the focus on women's footy out of the Goldfields. And somebody who's been part of that women's portfolio with the Goldfields Football League is Ishay Christie, who joins us today on the podcast. Ishay, thanks for having a chat to us. No problem. It's great to be on. Now, uh, let's talk about the women's comp because it's been around for a few years in the goldfields and you're a uh, you're a player, a, a former player, a current player. Are you back playing, are you, Ishay, after a couple of tin lids? Uh, not yet. I will be next year, though, so hanging out to get back on the track. Oh, fantastic, because you were part of the Calgary City Football Club and, and that's how you got involved with footy. Let's start about your own journey, first of all. How did you go donning the boots for the first time? Do you remember your, your first game? Uh, yeah, I do because my daughter was six months old and I honest to God think I spent the entire time going, why on earth do I think this is a good choice to make play footy six months after having a C-section? But uh, did it. It was actually great fun. It was also quite nerve-wracking. My partner's played for the club like all through his juniors and he plays senior footy. Uh, so it was quite actually nerve-wracking pulling on the same jumper and just you know the expectations, I guess, that go along with playing for a club that was over 120 years old. It's unbelievable, isn't it? And a great opportunity that a lot of female players have got now to compete on the footy field. Um, you know, the same places where their brothers, their sisters, their, or their brothers, their partners, their yeah, their dads have all been part of before. It's a, it's an amazing involvement that we've got in country footy. And I, I'm not sure, uh, Ishay, here, if, if, you know, the way in which that is being... Uh, portrayed has been enough because this is a very special opportunity, especially, you know, those daughter, father-daughter relationships that can come with footy clubs and whatnot. Oh, it definitely is. It's actually incredible. And you're right, it is something that's uh, often overlooked because people kind of, 
think, oh, yep, sweet, they get to go and play footy. But for some of these girls, they're actually getting to play footy for uh, their clubs, like you said, that they've seen their dads, grandparents, brothers, uncles, mm. and all of those people play for. So we've got a couple um, as part of the league where they're actually father-daughters, combinations where their dads have actually played footy for the club they're playing for or another club in town and there's plenty where their partners play brothers play uncles cousins the whole lot of it so i know the girls are really girls and women because they are women are really loving actually being able to have the opportunity to get out there and have a run around themselves now there's only three teams in the goldfields football league this year uh this is the first season though despite there being women's footy in cow which Gemma harrison through the wa uh football commission had established a a women's league this is the first year though that it's under the goldfields football league how's it gone for the league so far it's gone really, really well. I know at the start of the year, obviously, like anything new, people have their hesitations about it. But to be honest, across the board, we've had really good numbers. The skill level has just been like phenomenal. The growth has just been exponential throughout the season. So I think it's blown a few people away on that side. And it's just been really well received by all the clubs, uh, supporters, players across the board. So it's been great to see it a part of the league. And I think... It's really exciting too because we're just looking to get bigger and better moving on it again. So Mines have got a team. Kaggle City's got a team. Boulder City have got a team. Railways are looking to establish themselves in 2022. That's your four Kalgoorlie teams. Canberra had yep. one under the previous regime, but they didn't come along with the journey for the first year into the Goldfields Footy League. So it, it's been pretty well received to the point where, uh, maybe Isha, you'll be able to correct me here, but has there been women turned away from in particular clubs to try and share the load of numbers or has it all been just the case that clubs have recruited really well? Uh, a little bit of both, to be honest. So we did uh, have player cap numbers in the first half of the season just to help balance it out. Obviously, there's a lot of players that are associated with a club through partners or family and so they obviously naturally went to those clubs that they were comfortable with. But we did try and encourage newer players to potentially fill up any teams that were looking a little bit lighter on uh, number-wise just to help spread it out. And so that'll be in place again next year. But there's always a place for every player. So regardless, like no player's ever been turned away from sure. playing footy. Um, we've just tried and spread them around to even it up and create a really good comp. Now, you're coming to the end of the year. Kangas have were winning games and romping it in towards the start of the season. They've been reined in a little bit by Boulder City, who've had some some good wins. But I think out of the, the, the stats that we've got so far, it's going to be looking towards a Kangas-Boulder final. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So mines do still have a chance because if they obviously win that first preliminary final, uh, they'll be through to the grand final instead. But yep. at this stage, looking at the stats and how some of the games have been going, um, the expectation by many is that it'll be a Boulder Kangas final. But it also wouldn't be the first time that that's been upset. Yes. Those predictions. Yes. Yes, we're aware of that one. So we don't want to put a mocker on anything at this particular point in time. And everyone is enabled to win on the day, to be very diplomatic. Hey, Isha, yep. it's, it's funny because um, you speak about father-daughter relationships at Kangas. The coach, Shane Koish, his daughter, Abby's part of the process. I think it's her first full season of, of coaching. And Abby's only 17-odd years of age. And, and Dad's out there coaching and holding the whiteboard. It's a, that's pretty special over at Boulder. Uh, Danny Hayes has got the team pumping. He's a favourite son of the Tigers. And then, you know, you look 
look to the the standard uh, that are being led through the Mines Football Club at the moment as well. And there's a whole lot of great people that are around local footy and and their relationships are, are pretty strong, aren't they? Oh, they definitely are. And I've been really fortunate like being in the role of and having the women's portfolio because the relationships not only within the clubs themselves but even between the three teams like the guys have all just been absolutely fantastic to work with and they all get along quite well themselves uh, between each other so it's just made it really well and everyone's really pushing to make and develop the women's league and the women's comp as much as possible so it's really special like I said on and off the field both scenarios uh yeah it's just really strong and really positive which is great and the future of that leads to a potential youth league is that right for the women yeah so we are hoping in the next kind of few years as the league develops that's where i'm doing a bit of work around at the moment uh to see the scope and the practicality of introducing a youth league for uh, women's footy i think our biggest drama like most leagues and clubs and all the rest of it is just oval availability at this stage so we'll see how that goes and hopefully with some future planning that might be where we're headed okay well yeah that could never you know rule that out in in a very small team comp as well you know trying to to get some oval space there's a lot of green space in Kalgoorlie, but uh oval space is what is what is probably needed the most now the mitchell medal night is coming up uh, is the women's count part of the evening uh, you'd have to say so yep it is definitely a part of the evening which i'm actually quite excited about now can you tell us much about so- the night um, I don't know. I think people should just come along. <laughs> okay, beautiful. Uh, well, we look forward to that. Mitchell Medal Night is approaching very soon. That is the fairest and best for the the, the league and obviously uh, other divisions as well or other d- different grades will be all represented, including women for the first time. Now, tell me about what's happening between the GFL and the EDFA. Nutrient Ag, as we know, was cancelled earlier this year thanks to our good friend COVID, but... That has reinvigorated the ladies because the Goldfields and Esperance will combine and that's coming around very soon. You've started training for the upcoming uh, amended carnival. So, yeah, so that team this year is being spearheaded by Gemma Harrison. Uh, So she's put together a combined side from players, both from the GFL and from the Esperance Football League. So they will head away at the end of September beginning of October that weekend uh, to represent both leagues in a combined side. So that's really exciting. Some of the players that are a part of the GFL comp this year did actually head away in 2019 as well. There was a team sent away made up of players from both areas. And so some of them are now part of the league and I think a couple of them are actually looking to head away again um, so that's fantastic, just getting that representation starting to happen of the Goldfields Football League outside of the Goldfields and to show them you know, that the women are just as strong as the men when it comes to footballers from this region. Yeah, definitely. And there's been a very long, rich and vain history of uh, footballers out of the Goldfields. You look at the Ben Millers and the, the Dom Sheeds who have been dominating. I see Jamie Graham's making some news headlines out of the former Goldfields as well lately. But we want to be talking about the upcoming ladies as well and where they go to. Gailey Rorch was the only participant uh, that was at the country state game earlier this year. What do you know about Gailey's game, Isha? Because you played alongside uh, Gailey for, for a few years. Uh, she's just one of these players that, honest to God, she's one in a million that she's just talented on and off the field and she takes part in a lot of other sports as well and she's just a natural sportsman. And I think the best part about Gailey's game is that 
just not only is she a good footballer in terms of skills, but just the attitude that she brings towards a team, towards her teammates, um, and even the opposition. Like I've seen her absolutely nail a tackle. Person's on the ground. As soon as the ball moves on, she's up there helping him up, dusting her, dusting the opposition player off. And it's quite funny to see actually someone that can uh, be quite competitive and quite skillful, but still so kind and well-natured as well. That sounds like a good old Goldfields person, uh, Isha. Thank you very much for joining yes. us on our podcast today. We appreciate it. Great to hear how strong the women's competition out is out of the Goldfields. We think Goldfields, we think strong and tough. Well, we've got a, a naturous side about us as well where we, uh, we're kind-hearted out of the Goldfields and know that particular area very well. But Isha, thanks very much for joining us and we appreciate your first foray onto our podcast for the year. And it's been a bit of a big year for the Goldfields Footy League and we'll be no doubt having a chat to the uh, the chairman, Graham Borchard, as we end the season very soon. But appreciate your time to find out more about the women's comp out of the Goldfields and, and hope it continues to go to strength to strength with a four-team comp in 2022. Sweet. Thanks for the chat, Glenny. It was great to be on. Well, let's head to New Kearney and we want to have a bit more of a look at the Eastern Districts Football League. They've got their grand final this weekend and it's all eyes on the Corrigan Oval as the EDFL moves around the place. New Kearney and Narrambeen get the day underway from 12.30 on Saturday. And then we've got the big one after that, which I tell you what is going to be an absolute ding-dong battle if we've ever seen one before when it comes to the Eastern Districts Football League out there at Corrigan. We're going to be looking at the grand final where Narrambeen being got in last week by just two points. They'll be taking on Hyden Kilgaran. Joining us is Brandon Giles, who's, uh, I suppose, media's added to his bouquet of different jobs that he's got around the EDFL. Mate, thanks very much for taking the time to catch up with us, buddy. No worries at all, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. And, um, yeah, it'll be good to chat uh, everything that's happened this year and, and obviously, uh, the big game on the weekend. Definitely, mate. It's the CBH Group EDFL Grand Final, Hyden and Kilgarran, and we'll get to Narrabeam in just a couple of moments for the teams. But let's talk about the season that has been. Southern Cross had such a strong year last year. This year, though, I suppose those players who were recruited in during that COVID time have been uh, moved back to their original club. So they've sort of dwindled down the bottom. But looking at the ladder, mate, it's been all the one-way traffic up the top of Hyden and Kilgarran. They've only dropped the two games throughout the year. Yeah, no, they've been uh, certainly a force to be reckoned with this year. And um, most years, they've, they've always been strong and around the mark. But this year, they really uh, probably stamped their authority on the competition. Went 7-0 uh, and through the first round. and um, Obviously, had a few blips on the radar towards the back end, but still only dropping two games for the year. They're, um, they've been in cracking form, and, and they've got some great, great footy players out there. So it's no surprise that they uh, finished the year where they did. What about for you, mate? You're the new Carney delegate. How's your season been? You've finished just outside the finals? Yeah, we had a, probably a hit, bit of a hit and miss one, um, as, as most country football leagues do. You know, you have guys going in and out with injury in certain periods of the year for uh, everyone in age. Obviously, affecting affects your sides a little bit. But, um, yeah, we probably showed up on a couple of days where we probably weren't expected to win and then uh, disappeared on some others there. We probably should have should have gone a bit better. So it was a bit of a so-so season for us, but as a whole, as as a league group, um, probably it's one of the tighter competitions we've certainly played in the last probably five to ten years. Um, certainly uh, up to three quarters of the way through the season, there was the top six all had an opportunity to give themselves a final berth. So it was a, a real uh, tightly fought 
um, comp and, and great to see that obviously those teams that have got themselves to where they are are going to get a crack at the, the big prize on the weekend. Well, we're looking forward to that and we'll dissect that game in a little bit more detail in just a couple of moments' time. But uh, we just want to talk a bit about Ben Doyle. His year's been pretty outstanding from Corrigan. and he picked up the fairest and best, the landmark footy footballer of the year a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, no, that's dead right. Uh, the the middle medal for us out here is our league FB, which um, yeah, Doyley was fortunate enough to take home. Um, certainly one of the one of the fairest uh, players to play in our competition at the moment. So yeah, certainly well deserving of that. He's he's had some sort of year. Those those boys from Corrigan came home with a wet sail and, and certainly led from the front by Doyley and um, other boys like Beckers, Rendell and and the rest out there. So. No, it's certainly well-deserved, and um, he, he also came home with a bit of a wet sail in the vote count, and so there was a few uh, a few people that were probably nervous for uh, him getting over the line, but no, congratulations to him. Mate, COVID, did it play a bit of a role in your season? Uh, I did throw a spanner in the works there early. Um, obviously, probably the first uh, major lockdown in Perth, we were fortunate enough to be coming into a, um, a seeding buy, and so we pushed around back um, into that by the first in the first instance and then um, moving forward from there the the league made a decision that uh, irrespective of the Perth lockdown we'll do everything within our power to still play football and so um, the second time COVID reared its ugly head we unfortunately only got uh, probably two of the fixtured four games out for the weekend but it was still great to see that um, there was four clubs that were able to put their local boys on the park alone and, and still have a, a good footy hit out. Um, and by all accounts, the, the game played down in Corrigan that round had a couple of hundred people there to spectate because there was yeah, very little else going on around the place. So, no, it was, it was great from that perspective. But, yeah, it's obviously still lingering and affecting uh, all leagues in, in its own way. Yeah, definitely. A lot of traffic through the uh, the Dog Cemetery at Corridon that weekend. Hey, mate, the, the other thing that we've got going on is obviously the resis throughout the year, and it's been a good year for the resis, and uh, we'll see the uh, the big games coming up this weekend for the the reserves final as well, which we're really looking forward to and getting our teeth stuck into. But uh, that one preludes us. That's just before the main game coming up this week, which is where all eyes will be on, on that encounter. But uh, Nukani have done all right this year in the reserves, mate. Yeah, you know, we've certainly been fortunate enough to have a uh, a very nice balance of, of youth and, uh, I guess, older experience. Um, a couple of boys probably coming off the back of league careers and still keen to, to play football have dropped down into our two side. And so that's that's a great help to all those young kids developing and, and coming through. And, and I think that's reserves football throughout the whole competition. I think that's the beauty of it. You've got older guys who have been great footballers throughout their career at the league level who are still keen to play and happy to help that next generation develop. Um, and I think while while some uh, clubs do struggle um, to get a reserves team on the park, I think that's the beauty of that competition. It's a great stepping stone for those kids coming out of the Colts and um, hopefully yeah, developing them into, into league footballers. Nukani and Narambima at 12.30. Uh, Joseph Collard's had a good season for Cool and Condin, and he's a leading goal scorer with Lee Strange as well and, and Matty Harold from Nukani. So uh, just a quick mention for some of those players who have been heading up some of the stats, mate. But then all eyes will be on for the EDFL final last year, run won by Southern Cross out at Narambima, I think it was, uh, who hosted it last year. Is that right? Yep, uh, that's correct. It was a yeah, it was just a cold, miserable, wet day out there, but it was uh, yeah, great to see the cross 
get a win after uh, toiling for a fair few years and obviously um, somewhat aided by by the COVID lockdowns and, and some guys coming out of Kalgoorlie to help them. And as you mentioned before, they've unfortunately had a, a pretty uh, disastrous slide to the bottom of the ladder. But no, it was a great day in Aram last year and, and hopefully a, a good one encouraging. Simon Duckworth leaving, uh, leading, I should say, the, the goals as well for the year. 84 goals from Kulin Kondinen and Isaac Haslam from Hyden Kalgaran as well with 53 goals. That's how the, the goal scorers have been. Um, and uh, a great opportunity to, to pay respects to them. But all right, who wins this grand final, mate? Now, you, I, I was going to ask you about the reserves, but you had a bit of an interest there being from New Carney. Uh, yeah. this, this one's a bit more of a Hyden, uh, Kilgarran, Narrenbeen, no mention of New Carney. What have we got going on here? Uh, this, is, this will be a cracker, I hope. Uh, it's a direct replay of the second semi where I think Hyden yeah, did comfortably get the better of them in the end, but um, I think Narren would have learned a couple of lessons from there. And, uh, both uh, both sides have certainly got their, their key players that are, are probably going to do a fair bit to try and get them over the line. And I think from a uh, narrow perspective, they're going to be trying to do everything they can to quell the man you just mentioned in Haslam up forward. And um, certainly a couple of younger blokes like uh, Mitchie Lane running around in the middle, they're going to be a handful from Narren Bean. But likewise, they've got uh, Cody Duncan, who's a very experienced footballer with a booming left boot, and um, James Kennedy, who's who's uh, certainly pretty hard to contend with at times, uh, run around in the four line for them. So certainly, yeah, both teams with um, with the cattle to get the job done. But I think Hyden, uh, based off the year they've had, and and obviously they have a, a lot of confidence having beaten Narrow only two weeks ago in the in the second semi. So I, I'm going to have to tip them. By, uh, I'm hoping only, yeah, probably two to three goals, but uh, anything can happen on the day. And, and just good luck to both teams as it stands. Uh, I know Hyden are chasing uh, their first flag for 35 years, so I'm hoping, uh, I, ho- I hope, yeah, may the best team win. Lovely said and well said, mate. Um, moving on, though, uh, the coverage of the game will be with Footy Radio. I think Macker and Dan Hobley are heading out that way as well to cover off the game, so in case you can't make it, um, I think it was also being touted that was uh, going into broadcast. Is that right? It's not just on the um, not just on the stream, it'll be broadcast on radio. Is that right? Yes, I believe so. They're, um, I'm not sure the exact channel they've got to deal with, but I believe it's going live streamed and, and on the radio. So. Yeah, okay. So just keep your ear out of that one for the Eastern Districts Footy League. Uh, a good year, a different year for the EDFL, but they are back up and about this weekend in Corrigan. Hey, thanks very much for joining us, Brandon. Appreciate your time with us. Well done to New Carney over the year and uh, for, for your own benefit there, obviously, um, jumping on board and having a chat to us about that. And, uh, mate, all the very best of luck to both teams, or all four teams, in fact, who are playing this weekend in the EDFL. Good to have you on the podcast. No worries. Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate uh, you taking the time to have a chat. Yeah, exactly as you just said. Good luck to all, all sides playing this weekend. Um, hopefully we have a great day down in Corrigan. Well, that wraps up our WA Country Footy Podcast. There we go. A little bit of noise for you. Good luck to all teams. There's lots of grand finals that are starting off this week that have continued. There's finals that have happened. There's all sorts going on in country footy. No matter where you head to to support your country footy, do it with your best attitude. That's what we can ask for. Make sure you pay your respects to the club, to the hosts of the footy leagues, and to also the uh, the clubs who are putting on the shows at different ovals right across country WA this week. While there are still some leagues that are still yet to hit finals mode, Southwest Goldfield, 
Shields. They're just a couple of those leagues at the moment. I look forward to your company next week with another episode for the WA Country Footy Podcast. We're breaking barriers everywhere. We're breaking records. We're getting listeners left, right and centre. Make sure you subscribe. And hey, if you're involved in a business and you love to get your message out directly to the WA Footy community, we're right the way up from Kununurra in the north. We skid past Caratha and Port Hedland. We drop in on Exmouth on the way through and we end up somewhere down south of Cape Lewin before rounding it around to get towards Esperance and the Bay of Isles. If you'd like to hit someone right in the middle there with some sponsorship, what a great way with one of these podcasts. You can hit us up, news at industrylinkmedia.com. I'm Glennie Wilson. I'm your host of the WA Country Footy Podcast. We'll be back with another big episode next week. The WA Country Footy Podcast is produced by Industry Link Media. 